What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple Fantasy Triple Fantasy Play Podcast, the Super Fantasy Bros Podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, and I am very, very disappointed because my team lost to Jacob's team on last Sunday. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys just got annihilated by the Broncos, so I'm here to eat crow. I huh. want to say congratulations on your win. Uh, if anybody says that they saw that coming is a liar <laughs> and a fool. Cause, uh, I mean the Denver Broncos, they just traded Vaughn and they traveled to Dallas, you know, in yes. Jerry world and they shut out the Cowboys basically, you know, like I know that the Cowboys got some garbage points, but it's like, man, Dak just looked lost, but I throw this all away as just an anomaly for your Cowboys, Kevin, but I will enjoy it for the time being. Hey, you should enjoy it, right? Like you, you realistically, you should enjoy uh, you guys kicked our butts. Uh, Teddy looked great. Javante looked great. Melvin Gordon yes. had that had that stuff. Like, there's really nothing to say. Uh, Dallas just did not show up. That was one of Dak's worst games I think I've seen from him in in a long time. Uh, that offense didn't look like it's like they had kind of overlooked Denver, and they really shouldn't yeah. have. And you know, it was just one of those things. I think they just kind of overlooked it. It was just one thing that was so weird. Apart of a super weird week nine so just throw it away <laughs> weird everything is weird right now everything is yes. weird and awkward and all that and you know that's why we're here we're here to talk, talk about that and, and go through it and on today's show we're going to be covering recent news we're going to be breaking down week 10 a little bit and a little bit of week uh week nine what happened there but also we're going to be taking listener questions you guys send in a lot we really appreciate that and, you know, it, it, that's what we're here for to help you guys win your leagues. But before we do that, uh, we are we, we definitely want to announce this. And it's been a good thing is uh, we actually just uh, signed a, a deal with Fantasy Points. And if you don't know what Fantasy Points is, it's an amazing website. It's an amazing a group of people there. If you need anything, DFS, picks, uh, fantasy information, you know, uh, next level analysts, all that kind of stuff there. Fantasy Points is the website to do. If you sign up using our, our code, Triple Play Fantasy, that would be great. We'd really appreciate that. But you yeah. should definitely check her out, Fantasy Points and the media group and everything they got going on there. They're special people uh, and special group, uh, group of guys that we're excited to be partnering with. Here we go! All right, so we're going to be rolling into news and notes now and going over kind of, hey, everything that we need to know and go through it. So, uh, you know, what, Jacob, why don't you run us through some news and notes and we'll kind of talk about everything that happened. All right, guys, first up, OBJ went unclaimed off the waivers and is now a free agent. All right, so instead of a team picking up that $7.5 million contract for the, the rest of the year, he can now be obtained for a team-friendly deal so that's going to be really enticing for a lot of contending teams such as the seattle seahawks the green bay packers so i'm curious kevin where do you think obj lands up or where do you want to see him ending up <sighs> obj uh yeah so <laughs> you know i think on this show we've talked about him like we didn't believe in him this year we weren't drafting him this year i have him on like one dynasty roster that i can't get rid of and it's huh. just one of those things where it's hey i you know i think there's two things that are true about obj when i think about like everything that's been going on like the free obj thing is kind of ridiculous i think yeah. that when we look at it um and from all accounts, it seems like um, Odell was, was running the wrong routes. He was kind of freelancing. And in Stefanski's offense, you can't do that. Everything is timing-based. So there's something to say that, like, Baker was playing better without OBJ just because of the timing yeah. issues, right? Like, mm -hmm. And there's also something to say that OBJ is not – he's not washed. Okay, he, he could maybe do something – 
maybe in fantasy. Maybe, maybe he can have some games where you have this. But I think it's a big maybe, right? Like, I think that's a, a giant maybe there. Now, I think the front runners for what I've seen, I know I heard the Packers. I heard, yeah. I think he just met with the, the, he's talking with the Saints. The Seahawks are there. The Patriots yeah. are going to be there. Like, the Chiefs would be an interesting location there. So, where I think he goes is like, I think he might end up with, I, I wish he, okay, I'll start with this. I, I hope he goes to the Chiefs. I think for me personally, from a fantasy perspective, if I have Odell, and this is me being very, very, very uh, selfish right now, if he goes to the Chiefs, I will be selling him as fast as possible on some of my rosters because that's it. That's it. This is it. If if you're going to do this, this is the time. And I think that gives him the bump. If he goes to the Seahawks, does he really get a bump? I don't know because you got DK and Tyler there, right? Right. Is that a big enough bump for your dynasty values? The Saints – I don't know. He's catching passes from who? Like, why would he want to go from Baker to Trevor Simeon or Jason right. Hill? So, like, I think from a dynasty perspective, you want him to sign either with the Packers or the Chiefs, and that'll bump up his value. Now, I don't know. Where, where do you where do you stand with this? So, OBJ to the Chiefs is very interesting, just because if Josh Gordon can get some fantasy publicity, yeah. you know, at his age and him being out of the NFL for so long, in and out, in and out, then uh, OBJ to the Chiefs, like you said, is going to get a lot of attention. A lot of people are going to want OBJ. Whether that turns into actual fantasy value, I doubt it. Um, I'm not really looking to pick up OBJ regardless because, like you said, he's going to be a third option on any team he goes to. But I actually like him going to the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson has been lobbying for him. Pete Carroll has not turned down anyone who asked about OBJ. Uh, I think that's an interesting landing spot in Seattle, but again, I'm not super excited for wherever he lands. So like Kevin said, if you have him in dynasty or even in a redraft, trade him while the iron's hot, wherever he goes. Um, So yeah, yeah. (laughs) My vote is the Seahawks and your vote is the chiefs, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think realistically we got to temper our expectations about him. He's a wide receiver three at best. Yeah, uh, that's his ceiling right now based on his play. And I think that we you know we got to come to. There's a reason why he didn't get picked up. Yes, I know the agent was probably lobbying, saying don't pick him up. I know that you have the the seven million dollar price tag, but there's a reason why he didn't get picked up by the rest of the NFL. Exactly, exactly. So next up on news and notes, we got the Saints hosting three free agent running backs today. So I don't mean to worry all you, all of you Alvin Kamara fantasy managers, but maybe it is time to worry a little bit. There is no word yet on a specific injury, but we do know that Alvin Kamara left the game in, uh, during last Sunday's loss to the Falcons for just for just a little bit. But what if Alvin Kamara misses? What's going to happen in this Saints backfield? All I know is that they hosted carry on johnson he was like the headliner free agent name uh are we interested in carry on or are we looking to mark ingram whom they just acquired two weeks ago i've never been interested in carry on uh that's not that's a name from the past right there man (laughs) wow carry on's back no i think you know for me if you're interested in anybody it's ingram right like but again this offense with it was simeon back there hill like I think Hill would get more run in terms of like, hey, maybe they're going to use him a little bit more like they were last year. Yeah. I think it's got to be Ingram if you're if you're going to go after anybody based on that. But it, it is kind of it is kind of nerve wracking for you know Kamara owners. Who are you going to roll if he is in 
injured. I think he's going to be okay. Hopefully he's yeah. okay. But Ingram would be the guy, and you just basically hope he scores a touchdown. Fifty like like Adrian Peterson. I think Ingram is essentially what Adrian Peterson is at at his age too. Like, hey, can he get fifty yards and a touchdown? Agreed completely. So if you are an Alvin Kamara fantasy manager, make sure to pick up Mark Ingram if he isn't already owned somewhere. Um, you know, if not, we'll see who the Saints sign and just keep an eye out on Alvin Kamara throughout the week. Uh, yeah. Next up, Aaron Rodgers himself said that there's a quote, small possibility he doesn't play in week 10. Small possibility, uh, you know, that. My gut says that then he's definitely going to play. I mean, like, what's this small possibility? Like, he has plenty of time to get over, uh, you know, like the COVID uh, and everything like that. I'm not too worried about his availability this Sunday against the Seahawks. But, Kevin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, realistically, when we think about this, he could maybe not play because, I mean, Saturday is when he got to get cleared, right? So he's not going to have practice all week. But this is Aaron Rodgers. If he gets cleared, he's going to be out in that field and he'll be all right. And they don't need the timing stuff. They were playing great before he yeah. got out with the with COVID vaccine stuff. Uh, I would say, you know, Jordan Love, the thing that I kind of took away from Love, Love was, you know, what did he finish? 19 of 34, 190 yards and a touchdown with interception. Yeah. He didn't look, you know, amazing. They did blitz him a lot. You saw that. You saw a lot of zero blitzes out there. You had he he was blitz sixty nine percent of the time in third and fourth down, and he only completed six of seventeen for thirty yards against the blitz. So I think realistically, when we look at this, I'm not worried about Rodgers, but for a dynasty perspective, because I like to bring everything there. Loves the type of guy is like, hey, do you think he can be the next guy? I I, I actually think Love's an interesting buy right now in Superflex Leagues because I do think he's going to get a shot next year. But people are going to be kind of worried about his performance last week. They're going to get nervous. And you could probably realistically go get Love for pretty cheap in Dynasty. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, just to put it back on there, I know you asked about Rodgers. I'm not worried about Rodgers. I think he's going to play. But I think Love's an interesting buy in Dynasty, especially in a Superflex League if you can get him for cheap. And quarterbacks don't come cheap. And I do think he's going to get the start next year. I like that. I do. I do as well. I am not worried about Aaron Rodgers this week and Jordan Love by him now, like Kevin said. Um, Next up on news and notes, Zach Wilson, the quarterback of the New York Jets, won't return to the starting lineup until he's, quote, fully healthy. So what are your thoughts on the New York Jets? Are you hoping that Zach Wilson sits some more so that he keeps learning? Because he's been struggling so far in his rookie year. Um, Do you hope, you know, for... Elijah Moore's sake that Mike White or Josh Johnson keeps starting because Elijah Moore seems to be doing well with everyone but Zach Wilson. So what what are your overall thoughts on on this quote that Zach Wilson won't return until he's fully healthy? Yeah, I mean, I think this is realistically they're going to shut him down for a little bit until he's ready to go. Because the worst thing you want to do is put a guy that's been struggling all year out with an injury and then he comes back, he rushes it, it looks bad again. And then you have that backup syndrome. I call it the backup. Everyone wants the backup. Well, sometimes the backup's not the greatest. And so we know that. And I do think that White's come out and, and done well. I think the game script has dictated what more and those guys have done. They've definitely had different play calling, which I think is a testament to maybe Wilson is struggling a lot and they're trying to hide his deficiencies yeah. right now. So I think it does help Wilson. I think he's going to be able to learn. And that's what they should have done in the first place. He shouldn't have maybe started that first game. I, I've always been worried about Wilson coming out of BYU. As a Debbie guy and someone who's talked about it, I was, I was always kind of down on Wilson. Uh, Wilson was my fifth quarterback. 
So he was, I had him fifth. And the reason why is because I knew he needed time. So this is the time that he's going to need there. As far as like, who do I want to start? I'll take white all day. If he's going to pepper these guys that I finally get targets, like I'll take that there. I know, uh, I believe Corey Davis didn't play last week. Right. So, uh, that did help more. Obviously target share went up and all that. So Corey comes back. We're going to see that. But I, I do think that, you know, Wilson is from a dynasty perspective. You hold him right now and you just hope that he develops and you hope that he this, that he gets this learning experience. I'm not going to write Wilson off, though. I know some people are. I still think that he's he can be fine if they build around him. That team is bad for a reason. So let's just, you know, be, let's, let's chill on the whole doomsday about Wilson. Like that team's bad for a reason. Uh, but yeah. this does help. And I think that White will help out fantasy managers, right? Right, right. Would you be looking to trade Elijah Moore in Dynasty after his hot game last week? No, no. Right. I did, Elijah's a guy that I think, you know, he's going to have a significant role on a team for a long time. Uh, I, it's a really lazy comparison, but I'm going to make it anyway because I hate comparisons. But he could be like Jamison Crowder if Jamison Crowder never got injured. It, let's imagine Elijah Moore just – he's going to have that role as that slot guy. And the thing about Elijah Moore that I like, and I talk about this all the time if you listen to me, especially on uh, on my Debbie podcast too, is I like college guys that can play on the outside. And then if they can move to the inside of the NFL on the slot, that's great. But as long as they have that weapon. Elijah's always been that guy. He got, he could play on the outside in college, and then you can move him around in the NFL. That's what you'd like to see. You don't like to see a purely – slot guy go from the college to the nfl because those guys don't really transfer very well mm-hmm. so now you have this but i will say there are some interesting deals for elijah moore right now like elijah moore just got traded up straight up for robert woods in dynasty hmm. who would you rather have in dynasty robert woods or elijah moore elijah moore isn't robert woods like 38 years old oh uh, you see you're, you're an ageist don't be an ageist <laughs> elijah moore is what i think i think robert woods is 28 right i think yeah, he's around yeah. Come on, he's he's younger than both you know, our asses in here. But yeah, I think he's around he's around that area. Like, but I get not wanting to maybe move Elijah based on like prospects, right? When we're right. thinking about this. Um, so like it depends on the price. But I mean, he got traded for basically Rashad Bateman in a league. Okay. I think I'd still lean Rashad. Uh, and me personally, based on my rankings. So like, it kind of just depends what you have, but I'd hold them. Cause like we said, if, if Wilson's not going to start, we're probably going to see more, have a pretty big impact in these next couple games. You could probably get more value later. Very good. Yes. And, okay. So, and last up on news and notes, we got just to keep in the back of your guys's mind. All right. Tua Tunga Viola is a game time decision heading into week 10 against the Ravens this Thursday night. All right. So just keep that in mind, just in case you want to stream the Ravens defense. It's like, well, if Tua doesn't play Ravens are a stone cold stream lock, Um, you know, and just keep in mind for all of you who have any dolphins such as Jalen Waddle, you know, like Jalen Waddle. um, Unfortunately, Devontae Parker is on the IR. So it's pretty much Waddle's, You know, it's pretty much Waddle. Yeah, it's Waddle and Gaskin. Uh, you know, you want two at a start if you have those two. Uh, so just keep an eye on that uh, going into Thursday's game. Yeah, keep an eye on it. I, I will say, like, the Ravens defense does not look great the last few weeks, and nope. we've seen them give give up points. I don't think it's a smash play, like, realistically. And Jacoby looked okay last game. I know I know mm-hmm. they didn't play anybody that was good, but, I mean, he looked he looked competent. I think Mike Gusecki being in there, um, I think he's still healthy. That's right. Sometimes, sometimes That's the right. Dolphins, you never know. These guys get hurt all the, all the toss. But, yeah, I do think they're um, – I will say this. I've been a pretty big two-a backer. Like, hey, you got to give him time. That dude had a really bad hip injury. Hey, you got to give him time. I'm not saying I'm not a backer anymore, but that guy's got to stay healthy. Like, you can't develop unless you get on the field. Right. 
And I, I think it's time to start worrying about Tua a little bit. Just a little bit. Dynasty. Really? I wouldn't say like I'm not jumping the ship. I'm not like waving the white flag uh, because that quarterback position is so volatile. But you know what? There's something to say about these trade rumors. There's something to say about maybe he's not being the guy. Like there are some things like it, it's a what have you done for me lately league. And Tua really hasn't done anything lately, and especially even last year. So I think in Dynasty, you have to be very careful. I see him still going for first out there. And I don't think I would give up a 2022 first for Tua right now. I think that's too high of a price to pay for a guy who just can't stay on the field. Hmm. Hmm. That's a tough pill to swallow for What do you think? What do you think? Do you think? It's a tough I, I like you know, Tua, but you right. know, I think realistically you have to be realistic about what he's doing right now. Best ability is availability. We always hear it, you know, and it's true. If he's not on the field, he's useless. So I get that for sure. It's just a tough pill to swallow if you have Tua. I don't have Tua, but I know a lot of you guys listening right now have Tua, and you're like, oh gosh, I need to sell him. Uh, and maybe you do, you know, if you can get something back, perhaps uh, wait yeah. until he plays again and has a good game and maybe sell him high. He got traded straight up for Daniel Jones yesterday in a league. Yuck. Uh, I'd rather have Tua too, but that's how far we've fallen. Like, I mean, realistically, that's not happening. And he also got traded for Travis Etienne in a second round pick. Okay. Man, like, I get it. But, you know, Etienne's coming back from Liz Frank's injury. uh, And with his foot, he might not be realistically ready until half the season next year. And a second round pick next year in the 2022 draft, we might talk about that a little later. It's not like, it's not a cash pick. That's that's kind of a middle tier pick. That's what two is going for right now. So like, I think you hold them if you're in dynasty because you have to hope that he maybe hit balls out these last three games or four games right. of the season. Maybe looks like he can be that guy. But man, it's it's. I think you got to start getting a little bit worried. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And uh, and that wraps up our news and notes, Kevin. Yeah. What's next? Well, we're going to go to winners, losers. So we're going to be looking at winners, losers of week, uh, week nine, kind of going through it and kind of talking about it. You're going to give us a couple. I don't have a ton because you stole my one. I'm going to say this. You <laughs> you picked one on here that I started with your advice. No, I'm kidding. I started because I, I that's the way I went. Uh, oh. But he killed me. I won by two points, but he, he killed me in the league. I'm sure he killed others out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He killed me as well, guys. And that's Kadarius Tony. I had extremely high hopes for him because Sterling Shepard was out. And the last time Sterling Shepard was out, Kadarius Tony got peppered with like 16 targets, you know, like something insane like that. I think it was only 13, but it was just an insane amount. And Kadarius Tony, ever since that game, hasn't been the same. Like we looked at his two games in a row after he got those 13 targets, and then he had another stellar game after, and then he got hurt. Uh, so, you know, like he twisted his ankle and then he was only on the field for the first quarter and now all of a sudden he's tapering off. So it, it is time to temper expectations on a Kadarius Tony last week. He finished as wide receiver 88 with 1.8 fantasy points. Okay. So he did not help anyone. He pretty much screwed us all who started him. Um, you know, he, I had him as a high end wide receiver three in my rankings. Uh, now Kevin, I remember you did ask if you should start Renfro, uh, Hunter Renfro or someone else. So I got to get some props, right? I said, go with Renfro. Um, but, you know, like Tony was another one that you asked. And I, 
yeah, de- um, I did not. S- I did say Tony because I thought he would have a great game, which he should have with no Sterling Shepard. Sometimes fantasy football doesn't make sense. And a lot of week nine did not make sense. Uh, you know, so that's fair. We, we didn't really bring up how bad week nine was oh, for some, man. for some guys. Like it was just kind of one of those things where you're just like, man, where did this go from? Um, yeah. I will, I will say though, like they won and their offensive output was terrible. Like when you look at what terrible. they put up, I right. mean, J- Daniel Jones had 110 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Devontae Booker had 21 carries, 99 yards. Booker had a good game. Sure. Kenny Galladay was back, two receptions, 28 yards. Evan Ingram scored a touchdown. That's how you know week nine was off this so, year because, yeah. because Evan Ingram scored. Yeah. Like at that point, like you're talking about that. But yeah, Tony, like that's the guy kind of a disappointment, right? And like, now, so yeah. who's the real Tony? The guy that busted out in the game or this? I is I, I'm in, I'm under the assumption it's in the middle. Not I'm not yet, under so. assumption where it's there, but I will say this. What do you think about this? Because let's let's kind of crap on our, uh, our our founder of triple play, David. David Uh-oh. took him in the as the 111 in a redraft super flex rookie mock, and so wow. he took him at the 111. Is that a little high for you? Uh, it's very high for me. Uh, <laughs> I know he was probably doing backflips after that 13 target game where he got 180 yards. He was doing backflips, like I told you. But then all of a sudden, now he's showing his true colors i feel yeah. uh and now you know where he was drafted in my in my superflex league it was somewhere in the third round which is where he probably should have gone right yeah so, so i i think where tony was at for me i still have like the 202 203 204 in that area uh okay. i think i think david overdrafted him based on what we've been talking about and and also he's just not very good at fantasy all right who's who's your guy that did well <laughs> All right, the guy who did well. Oh, and it's and it is it is a nice sight to see is Justin Herbert, guys. Man, after two dud games, everybody everybody loves to panic. And everybody was panicking on Justin Herbert. Oh, the leagues, you know, like the leagues finally found him out. Uh and then he puts up 31.64 fantasy points. All right. Uh there's nothing to worry about uh, about Justin Herbert. All right. He completed 38 of or 32 of 38 passes, okay, for 356 yards and two touchdowns while gaining a rushing touchdown on 14 yards, all right? So Justin Herbert is officially back. If any of you in redraft were able to buy him low, kudos to you because now you are rolling. uh, And Justin Herbert has a solid schedule the rest of the way. He goes, uh, he faces the Vikings at home. He faces the Steelers at home, who can be had, okay? Um, And then he travels to Denver. He travels to Cincinnati. He faces the Giants and the Chiefs, the Texans, Broncos, and Raiders. I mean, it's all gravy for Justin Herbert from here on out. So if you have him, hold him. Ride him to the championship because he he is the real deal. All right. He has Keenan Allen. He has Mike Williams. He has Austin Eckler. And even Jared Cook looks good. All right. So if you're able to buy him, I'm sure it's going to be expensive because, you know, he just had that big game. But uh, if you have him, enjoy the ride. Yeah, I know. I think he I think he's done well. Uh, and, you know, this is why you can't overreact. You got to just can't overreact right now guys like be, right. be careful with how you overreact uh now i will say this uh, i didn't have a bunch but i do want to give a shout out to james connor running back one of the oh, yeah. week 40 fantasy points last week and you know what just a great story and in terms of what he's going to have he had 96 yards two touchdowns he scored two touchdowns in four games this year 
So he he has had that. He also had that receiving touchdown. I mean, he went off. Yeah, that's the 40 points in a week. That's that's got to be up there for like, hey, that's the most points in, in a week for running backs of all time. Yeah. Like those yeah. are the type of numbers that we see. Like when we talk about it, like that's realistically like that's a running back one there. And you draft him as like a running back four. And this is how you win leagues. Right. But I just want to give Connor a shout out. I love his story. I love who he is as a person. I love that he battled back. And and yeah. with with Edmonds out now. They're going to bring down Eno, Eno Benjamin, everybody out there, you listening, you know, that's a guy that I really like coming out of Arizona State. He was one of the best runners out of Arizona State I've seen in a while. And when you're looking at what he did, he hasn't done anything the last two years, but he's good. I, I really yeah. do think that we, when we, or last year, excuse me, he's a, one of the most polished runners from Arizona State. He's going to get some runs. So if you lost Edmonds, Eno could be a guy that you're trying to target. That's solid. But I just want to go back to Connor. 172 total yards and um and three touchdowns? That's insane. Uh but yeah, 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 yeah. Good looking out about who could possibly replace Edmonds, uh, which they fear is a high ankle sprain. So, you know, Benjamin, that's a good pickup in deeper leagues. Uh, but James Connor, man, he is looking at a ton of workload. So uh fire up James Connor as an RB2 at the least. Yeah, no, I think you have to. And, and all those guys saying that he was droppable, even in Dynasty, I'm sorry, he wasn't. Like, nope. and, and, and now we're seeing that. So just, you know, you got you to understand that. Uh, all right, well, let's go to our listener questions, right? Let's kind of talk about these things, and we're going to jump over to that. So let's let's dive in and let's talk about. It. So I ask for listener questions all across the board. So uh, as as we know, uh, you know, we do dynasty and stuff. I do a little Debbie. So I said, hey, do you have any questions about maybe the rookie classes coming up uh, in dynasty right now? You're basically a pretender or a contender, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're either there. And I will say this: if you're in dynasty, you sh- this week right now, you need to start deciding: are you a top three guy? And if you are, go go get it. Like you know, yeah. I, I, you always hear that saying: scared money don't make money. And it's 100% true. So true. Like, go get it. Go earn it. Go try to do it. And now, if you're lower, you don't always have to sell for picks. I keep harping on this. I see this so much. Like, you can – and you don't always have to sell. Like, you know, sell those maybe aging guys or one, maybe get a little assets back. You don't have to do a fire, fire sale every time you rebuild. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, like there, there, there are some instances where – you know, Deshaun Watson's out for the year and Cam Akers is out and J.K. Dobbins. And you're like, OK, I am forced to do a rebuild. But yeah. like you said, you don't have to just fire sell the whole team. Uh, so like you said, we asked we asked you guys, the listener, if you guys had any questions and we got a good amount of responses. So we're going to go to this first question, Kevin. It says um, it asks, what developmental tight ends do you think will make the biggest impact at the NFL level? Yeah, so I took this question hopefully as like rookie guys, right? So we're yeah. talking about development. We're talking about they're already in the NFL, and we're looking at kind of those lower enders because we know that some guys, you know, they take a little bit longer to to kind of out there, especially tight ends. Uh, so I, I when I was looking at this, there's a couple guys that stand out to me, and the first guy that I, I kind of want to talk about and just kind of is Kylan Granson. So Kylan okay. Granson plays for Indianapolis. We haven't seen him a ton this year, but he's super versatile. Uh, and he was one of my favorite tight ends from SMU last year. He had 78 catches, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns in two seasons at SMU. 
He's very versatile. He's a little undersized, 6'2-ish, 6'3", so, but he can be a mismatch nightmare. So he demonstrates good speed, excellent skills. He's got hands. He's, got a, he's a very fluid route runner. He fits right in that Colt system. He hasn't gotten a ton of work this year, but he's gotten a little bit of work, he, and, and you can see it there. And I, I know that reading about him, he had a great camp, but they talked about his inability to block. Because at SMU they use them a lot in the in the slot, so he didn't really have what the what the Colts want right now. But if we're talking about what they could have, you're talking about Jack Doyle being there. We know Mo Ali Cox is there. He's competing with those guys. He's the type of guy that you stash on a taxi squad. He's the type of guy that could develop into that guy that scores touchdowns for Carson Wentz in the red zone. So I like Kyle Granson. I think that he's a very very solid stash in that team. Uh, and another kid, I'll be quick on this one. I want to ask you about Pat Fryermuth and what you think of him. But uh, the other guy that I think that is still out there and he hasn't played, I don't think, at all this season yet, and that's Hunter Long from Boston yeah. College. I love Hunter Long. He got hurt in training camp, hasn't come back. I still think, you know, looking at him from that perspective of could he maybe be a breakout guy later, he can. And then Brevin Jordan, uh, you know, my tight end too, coming out of the coming out of college. I still think that if Houston gives him a chance, maybe he develops. But my 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 big guy though, the guy I think could do it is Kylan Granson. All right, all right, guys, listen up, Kylan Granson for all you deep leaguers who need a tight end stash. All right, so uh, my tight end who I like, I have two as well. Um, there were there were two guys who received a lot of hype in the preseason and one who received a ton of hype. That was Jacob Harris. Now I'm curious yeah. your thoughts on him, but you know, uh, you know, like they made Jacob Harris, you know, a fourth round selection in the 2021 draft. Uh, you know, he always, he always was a project. All right. He's six foot five. He's 219 pounds. Uh, you know, he was supposed to get more work than this. He really hasn't seen many snaps this season because it's just been the Tyler Higby show, even though Higby's not doing well himself. Uh, so Jacob Harris is a guy that I have on, on all of my dynasty teams watch list. Um, and then there's a tight end that I have rostered over Jacob Harris and that's Noah gray. All right. He's 22 years old. He's the backup yeah. tight end on the Kansas city chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid showered Noah Gray with praises in the preseason. Uh, you know, and he gets to learn from Travis Kelsey, whom Travis Kelsey said that Noah Gray is far ahead of his time. You know, and Noah Gray is just 22 and Travis Kelsey is 32. So, you know, Noah Gray could be relevant here in two to three years at the most. So, you know, Noah Gray to me is a, is a guy that you want to stash on your deeper dynasty league. Um, you know, he's six foot three, he's 240 pounds. He was drafted in the fifth round. Uh, but you know, if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes showers you with praises, you have my attention. Yeah, no, I like those, you know, Harris, you know, Jacob Harris, I believe I'm pretty sure that he got, he just tore his ACL, uh, in MCL. So even though I, I think he's oh. a dynasty sash. So for me, like I, it just came out, I think it was really early yesterday or today, uh, oh, that, okay. you know, but even then, like, this is a bummer, but like you just said, there are some, there are some, maybe some ability next year 
that he could do that. But that's where you get these guys. They're a little cheaper there, and, and you have it there. And then Noah Gray, I like Noah Gray. Uh, you know, he was a he's Duke kid. Uh, he played well uh, right. last year. He's big bodied. He could score touchdowns. So yeah, I do agree there. What is your opinion on Pat Fryermuth? So obviously he had the two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I I made a joke. I said, hey, because everybody loves him now, you should sell him. I was just messing around yesterday <laughs> on Twitter. People take it very seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think of him? Do you think that he could be one of these next top five guys going forward? Or do you feel like he's just like he's had a couple of good games and and that is what it is? Going forward, Pat Fryermuth is a tight end one for me. Now, okay. for me, that means he's continuously going to be in the top eight to top ten tight ends. Uh every single game because he's been peppered with targets like last week he got seven targets all right and i stashed him last week before kickoff because i looked ahead to week nine and saw that tj hawkinson was on by and pat yeah. fryermuth had you know he was coming on all right and ben roethlisberger ben roethlisberger was looking his way a ton because we know that big ben is just throwing it to Najee and to pat fryermuth and a short slants to Deontay. like he's yeah. he's not airing it out and when he does air it out like he aired it out to james washington uh last monday night it was horrendous like he's not going to be airing it out and so pat fryermuth is like the incarnate of heath miller and if you guys know that name you know that big ben loved him some heath miller all right. And Pat Fryermuth gives me Heath Miller vibes, just a big, just a big dude and a red zone threat. And we saw that last Monday night, Pat Fryermuth got two touchdowns the week before he got a touchdown. So Pat Fryermuth is legit in my eyes, uh, especially in redraft for the rest of the year. Now, you know, I don't need him moving forward, but he's going to be nice insurance policy if TJ Hawkinson gets hurt just because TJ Hawkinson has been dealing with a knee injury. So if you have him on your team from last week, then keep him. Uh, and if you need a tight end, spend some fab up to get that man. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do, I do agree. I think that, you know, we, with temporary expectations a little bit, but I still think his dynasty price is pretty low and you could go grab him for some things there. So no, I, I agree. I think that I like Pat. I think in this, in this mindset, if you going to get the targets, I just don't necessarily like, what is the Steelers going to be next year without Big Ben? Who's going to go there? I think there's some sure. there's some there's some question marks there, right? Like so, from an outlook, from a dynasty outlook, I'm there. Uh, but other than that, yeah, no, I think he's done fine. Uh, I'll, I'll take the next one because this is more of a this is more of a you know uh, a Debbie question. But the 2022 wide receiver and the 2023 running back drafts are being touted for the future uh, fantasy impact. So I think the question is like, who are these guys? And you know should we say that this, this, these classes are better? So if you're looking at like, okay, I'm going to rebuild through the wide receivers of 2022 class. You know, you're looking at Garrett Wilson from Ohio state, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, big boy from Arkansas, Jamison Williams from Alabama there, Dotson, Chris Olave, David Bell, even George Pickens is out there. He's been injured for Georgia, but he was a top wide receiver before he tore his ACL at spring ball, Drake London. So you're looking at some guys. Ania Smith is a little out there. Uh, I like the 22-22 wide receiver class. I don't necessarily see a ton of wide receiver ones in that class. I do see some wide receiver twos. I, I think Burks and Wilson are very good. I, the thing I have about Garrett Wilson is he's my wide receiver one, but I think he's peaked uh, at his ceiling, and I don't know how much better he's going to get, which is fine. He's still a very solid wide receiver, but who is he going to be in the in the NFL? I think we got to be question marked there. I actually like the 23 wide receiver class better. I actually like every single position better in the 23 class than I do in the 22 class. Um, 
and every single one ranks higher for me in terms of that. So if you're looking at wide receivers from the 2023 class, Kayshawn Boutte from LSU, he got injured, but he's a stud. Jackson Smith, the Jigba from Ohio State. A lot of people learned about him last week because he had over 240 yards receiving and two touchdowns in a game. But I, I've been talking about him for like two years now. Like he's mm-hmm. legitimate there. Rakeem Jarrett from Maryland's kind of gone down a little bit. Joshua Downs is there. Marvin Mims, Quentin Johnson from TCU, Jordan Addison from Pittsburgh. These guys are very, very good wide receivers. So when you're looking at like wide receiver class, I still think the 2023 class reigns supreme. So if you can try to get those picks, that's where I'd be looking for. But the running back class is really what separates these things. The, the 2023 running back class right now, you have Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, Tank Bigsby, Zach Evans. Sean Tucker is a guy that if you are not aware of him out there, people, uh, he's Syracuse. He's putting up insane numbers right now, and he leads in a lot of analytic categories. <laughs> Devin Chain from Texas A&M is very good. So when you're looking at who these guys can be, there's also another Alabama running back that not a lot of people know about, but Roy Dell Williams is a kid that – he, he could come on too and be very strong here in the next two years that we maybe see him. So like that 2023 class for running backs is solid. And if you can grab these picks when you can right now, though, unless you're in the Twitter space or like that space, the community space, you might not be able to get those picks. But if you're just in a regular league and a dynasty league out there, which a lot of people basically play in because you're not degenerates, <laughs> you got to try to drive those 2023 class and you got to you got to get those guys. Because I think that that's the rebuild year. I think the, the 2022 class is fine, but the 23 class has some kids that can really, really shoot your dynasty teams up there. I felt like you were talking right at me, Kevin, because because <laughs> I am forced to do a rebuild this year where I just have two 2022 draft picks and I expect to contend next year. So it's like, I'm going to have a bad pick in 2023. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Uh, well, now you got me thinking maybe I should flip like one of those picks. Like let's say it's draft day and every team gets four hours to pick. And I have that late draft pick in 2022 and someone wants to jump up. It's like, Hey, uh, I'll take your 2023 pick, you know, like take advantage yeah. of like draft day trades for 2023. Right. That's fair. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And you just kind of play it by ear. I do think the yeah. 2022 class is fine. Like you okay. guys are going to be okay in terms of like, <laughs> you know, like they, there are some very, very good players in that in that draft. But um, I will say that it's very top heavy and yeah. you're going to a lot of ceilings have already been hit. Uh, so just be careful there. Now, to keep going on to this real quick. This is a great question by my guy, David. Uh, and not that David, David Gautier. He's a really good, uh, really good yeah. guy, really good follow, really good tight end guy. But he yep. said to steal the 2022 Dynasty rookie drafts currently projected between 301 and 312. So if I had to pick, now that's really far out. But if yeah. I had to pick, so I was looking at this and I was kind of talking about it. I was like, okay, who can I pick as far as like, okay, who are some guys in that? So I was looking at running back and wide receivers because the other positions don't really matter. If I had to pick a running back right now who I do think that his value is going to jump up. So I don't know by the time rookie drafts come around if he'll be there. Rashad White from Arizona State. Hmm. is a kid to keep your eyes on. He's 6'2", 210, big kid. He he breaks tackles. He can ex- He's pretty quick under his feet. He's got very, very good vision. He's got long speed for days. Rashad White from Arizona State is someone, I don't know if he's going to fall in that category because I think he's going to test well, so we're going to see that jump up. And then the other running back as well, his name is Zonovan Knight from NC State. Those two guys... 
I think in that for running back perspective, you'll find them in that kind of third round rookie class hmm. uh, from the running back perspective. But from the wide receivers perspective, there's two for me. It's Zay Flowers from Boston College and Aeneas Smith from Texas A&M. Both of those guys can play. They're quick. They're going to play in the slot more than likely. They're, they can be very good in the NFL. And you're going to probably find those guys in that third round just based on the draft capital where they go. But those two guys fit the NFL. And a super deep sleeper is Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Uh, non-power five guy, but this kid can play 6'3", 195. He would be the guys that I'd be targeting in those rounds. Okay, so say all those names again for all of our listeners. So Rashad White, running back from Arizona State. Zonovan Knight, running back from NC State. Then on the wide receiver side, you got Aeneas Smith from Texas A&M. You're going to have Zay Flowers from Boston College. And then Jalen Tolbert. So Jalen Tolbert is a young kid, non-power five guy, that he's going to, if he gets the draft capital, the young kid out of uh, South Alabama, he could be very, very good. All right, guys, write those names out. Write those names down and reap the benefits later in your in your rookie dynasty drafts. Yeah. All right. All right, let's go to your question so you can stop hearing me talk. Everybody's out there probably falling asleep. All right. So, which waiver wire or low ownership receiver do you believe has the most fantasy impact the rest of the year? All right, guys, a few shout outs that are rostered in too many leagues that don't qualify for this question but are worth mentioning is Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Michael Gallup and Christian Kirk. I think I think they all have incredible potential down the stretch. Um, all three are rostered in just less than 70% of Yahoo leagues, but they need to be rostered. Okay. Uh, but to get to my guy who is available in over uh, who is available in over 60% of Yahoo and Sleeper is Rashad Bateman. All right. Bateman has been a stud through his first three games of his career. Uh, he has recorded 12 catches on 20 targets for 161 yards. He has played on over 60% of snaps through his first three games, and I think it only goes up from here. Uh, last week, the, the rookie led Baltimore in catches and receiving yards. He got a season a season high eight targets last last week. All right, Bateman has a favorable matchup this week against the Miami Dolphins defense, giving up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. So you can definitely start him this week. Uh, you know, Bateman is is a first-round pick, so he has that draft capital, all right? And he has been heavily involved early. So I would pounce on Bateman before it's too late. And if you have the number one waiver priority or you have some fab, I would spend up this week on Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I, I, Bateman's my call. I think Bateman's going to be there, you know, and uh, I, I do agree. I think that Bateman's the guy that you want to own uh, and you can probably, because I, I like that second part of that question, like consistency. Yes. I think he's going to have very solid consistency in a yes. floor. Uh, so that's kind of, and if that defense isn't playing very well, you could be looking at game script and game script could actually flip a little bit and they're not running the ball. Like they, they can't, they don't have, Right, they don't have they don't have running backs, so like yeah, you, nope. they're gonna have to throw. And so I, I do like that there. Uh, I, I like this next question, and I want to get to it. Okay. How worried are you, Jacob, about Mahomes' long term outlook? <laughs> so I saw this question, uh, and I immediately thought of that scene from Remember the Titans when Coach Boone asked Petey, "Hey, how much fun are you having?" Yeah. And Petey <laughs> says zero fun sir 
And I just replaced those words and thought, thought zero worried, sir. Okay. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is an otherworldly talent. All right. The league might be catching up to Andy Reid's offensive gimmicks, uh, but Mahomes and the rest of the Chiefs offense is way too talented to worry about long term. All right. This is the exact time to buy low on Patrick Mahomes and redraft or dynasty if you can. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about Mahomes long term. Mm-hmm. I guess it just depends on what you pay for him. Like, so if you went out and got him and you expected that running back or that quarterback one, yeah. Okay. I understand maybe you're like, hey, what the hell is going on here? I'm not yeah. worried about him. I do think that it's a lack of weapons as far as like I think they really do need a wide receiver three option, right? Because we know Kelson Hill or that guy. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's gonna be weird. I know I've talked about him now two years, two weeks in a row, but I think they need CEH back. I think that it, that helps out that wow. offense a little bit more. And I'm not saying that he's going to be like amazing asset here, but sure. I do think that they need him back. They need him back within that offense. They need the the rushing. They're not running the ball at all. Uh, and you see him relieved. So like, I'm not worried about it, but I don't think there's a gap anymore. I think that really, so like if, if I put you on the spot right now, your dynasty quarterbacks, top three are what? Murray, Allen, Mahomes? Is Herbert creeping up in there? Dak, mm. Lamar? Those yeah, five guys it's really guys. close, but I would still have Mahomes as a top three. They have okay. to. But I, I would you argue a healthy Murray maybe is dynasty QB one right now based on that rushing upside and the usage would, that we see? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's super young. I don't even think he's 24 yet. Uh, you know, and like his rushing ability. I mean, having a rushing quarterback is such a cheat code. That's why Lamar Jackson will never get past top five for me just because yeah. that that solid consistent floor each week with his legs is just too much is just too much to pass up so um i like that call with murray being the quarterback think, one yeah i think he's in there right like yeah. and i think they're there i but i do think that tier is close like i don't yes. think i think when you look at to me personally the way i have it like it would be it's Lamar Mahomes and Murray. I've always been higher on Lamar than everybody else out there. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're in that top three. And then you have yeah. Allen. He's right there. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, then you're looking, okay, where does Herbert fall in that? Where does Dak fall in that? Where do those guys fall in there? But I do think that the Mahomes, if you're thinking of like, if you look at that question, like has that tier been broken? I think it has. Like, I think those top three guys there, yeah. it's a little different. It's, it's kind of interchangeable now, which you didn't say that last year. Right. Right, right. I, I do think that Kyler Murray is probably the safest quarterback one for the next five years. Which is crazy to think about because he's supposed to play right. baseball, right? All right, so right. Uh, I like this question. So this one was another one, and it said, if, if available, and depending on league size, who's the player you'd want to slide into an open eye spot, IR spot for highest potential 2022 upside in a keeper format? So basically, if you have these guys, who would be the one you keep? That's how I kind of read this question, right? Yes. So Ridley... Calvin Ridley, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, or is there another guy based on like the injury right now that you would keep there that you would keep on that team? Okay, so this was really easy for me. And I said, give me Dobbins by a mile, followed by Calvin Ridley, just for the chance that he does return. But since there is kind of that question, I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. All right, I wrote I wrote an article for Triple Play Fantasy before the season touting J.K. Dobbins as a rock solid RB one and a stone. That's your fault. It's option. your fault. He got hurt, Jacob. And a few days later, he tore his ACL. <laughs> yep. Um, ugh, man, I'm sweating over here. Uh, but I mean, 
through the first six weeks of his rookie season. All right, Dobbins averaged 25.7 yards on 4.2 attempts while being buried on a death chart of Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. All right, he broke out in week eight with 113 yards uh, against an elite Pittsburgh defense and at that time was not letting anyone over 100 yards. All right, from week eight on, Dobbins averaged 72 yards on 12 carries while totaling seven touchdowns. All right. The dude is the real deal. All right. And he should, and he should come back in 2022 as the unquestioned RB one in Baltimore. So give me Dobbins. Yeah. This is very, I love Dobbins. You know that like, and I, I, and I do. So I just wrote a fantasy pros uh, article out about dynasty buys right now for a rebuilding team. And one of the guys that I mentioned was – I actually mentioned three guys on this list. So, And I swear I didn't steal it. I was already writing it when you gave <laughs> us this question. But to me, Ridley's a guy that you should go try to uh, attempt to get right now because I don't know if he's going to play this year, but right. he realistically could be a wide receiver one next year. Right. Like, he can be. And what he's going for right now – so he's been traded straight up for these things. Amari Cooper, it's a little pricey. Rashad mm-hmm. Bateman, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, and a 2022 second. That's his value right now. If you can get Ridley for that, like realistically, you're like, hey. And then you got Dobbins. And Dobbins is going to be a little bit more expensive, but he went for like Ezekiel Elliott. All right, I can understand that from Mm -hmm. both perspectives. And then you get, you know, Akers. He's going straight up for guys like – he went up straight up for Kadarius Toney. He went for Khalil Herbert and Van Jefferson for Akers. So, like, those are deals I like. Like, hey, go get them if you can afford to stash them. Right. And take the risk. So if you're looking at a keeper, though, and you're like, okay, which one of these has the most upside? I think the easy answer is Dobbins because I do think he can come back. We know ACL injury is there. Yes. He's going to be recovered. But Akers, in that offense, man, if mm. he was healthy this year, we're talking about like a top five guy. I really, truly yeah. believe that. Oh, yeah. I, yes. I know he has the Achilles injury, and I get mm-hmm. that. If this is a keeper to where you have to keep them based on what they got drafted last year, I would probably go Acres because Dobbins was probably drafted a little higher. It depends on the league that you're in. I understand Acres right. is getting pretty high up there too. I'm going to say Acres. I mean, Dobbins is – I get it. But if if you're going for like, hey, high risk, high reward here, the guy that you want to look at, I know he tore his Achilles. Everybody uses Marlon Mack as an example. But the guy that you should be looking at it, um, is Kane, uh, gosh, the rookie from Minnesota. Do you know how to pronounce his name? Because I am. Oh, um, Nwangu. Um, yeah. Kane, we're not. I, I think Nwangu, right? <laughs> yeah. He suffered a torn Achilles while he played at Ohio, Iowa State. Right. And I talked about that on his show. And I said, hey, and then you just saw him last year, last week. He ran that kickoff return back. 98. That's, that's the guy to watch. And you yep. see Akers and his talent. Like, I don't think it's out of the question that I don't think it's stupid that you would pick Akers. I don't think it's dumb. I, I think that that's a realistic uh, scenario where he's going to come back healthy. He's young. He can bounce back. He's not like us where we hurt ourselves changing diapers and stuff like <laughs> this guy. Right. He's coming back. He's an athlete. So yeah. I think Akers is not out of the question here. I think that that's not a unrealistic. The other guys know, but Dobbins or Akers. And I, I'll lean Akers on this one to be a little different. Dang. Dang, I'm impressed by Akers because he is rehabbing in the gym every single day, and there's even a slight chance that he could return in the playoffs, which is crazy. But, I mean, he is healing fast. He's 22, so I like that answer a lot. I just lean towards Dobbins because an ACL tear is a little bit easier to get over and to retain your explosiveness than an Achilles. Uh, But, hey, I have Akers and Dobbins on 
a dynasty team. So what you're saying is music to my ears, brother. (laughs) So do I. I have him and all those guys on there. So uh, let's talk about running backs. Let's shift over to it and just keep it there. Why not? So is Jonathan Taylor your running back one in dynasty football right now, Jacob? All right, Kevin. He is. I know last week I lobbied that Najee Harris um, is the dynasty RB1. And while there's a solid argument for that, JT is unequivocally the RB1. I mean, not only is JT a year younger than Najee, but he has a much better offensive line in Indianapolis. All right. And also JT knows who his quarterback is going to be for the next two to three years. Whereas you don't know who is going to be leading this Pittsburgh team, uh, you know, with big Ben's ghosts being trotted out there on a weekly basis, uh, you know, and JT just looks so smooth and patient. You know, he runs like Derrick Henry and catches the ball like Austin Eckler. JT is a dynasty RB one set it and forget it. And I know you agree with me, Kevin, because that's what you said last week. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I think he is there, right? Like, I think that realistically, that's who you're you're looking at as being there. Uh, but I do think that position's so volatile, right? Like, so I, I I get it. Like, I understand. Like, you'd be like, well, no, it's Swift. No, it's this. No, it's Najee. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say Najee. I think Swift's very close. Like, I I, I do think that if. Uh, but again, there's a lot of question marks about that offense, the quarterback mm-hmm. situation. Right. The safest and the running back right now, right now is Taylor, right? And yes. it, it's got to be JT, and that's that's very simple there. Uh, but I do like this question too. So that was is is he the running back one? Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's looked pretty good, and you know yeah. he was the running back four in PPR formats. He had 28 points last week. Overall, I believe he's running. He's a he's a running back five right now. Yeah, running back five overall right now. So where do you have Joe Mixon in your dynasty rankings? So in dynasty, I don't. You're an ageist. You're going to say he's old. That's one of my points, my man. I mean, uh, I have Mixon somewhere in between like 15 and 20 in my dynasty rankings. All right. Oh, oh, that hurts. One of my points is that he he's 25 and he's turning 26 next July. So right before 2022, he's going to be 26 years old. And is going to be going into his sixth season. All right. Yeah. That's that's a lot of tread on those tires. Uh, and for a guy who is basically known just to get a bunch of work and not turn all that work into a ton of yards. Now he gets touchdowns, but you know, he does um, you know, he doesn't get a lot of yards on a weekly basis. He's not that consistent, but he is in a nice offense with Joe Burrow, uh, you know the all of the attention is off of him because there's a Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, and even CJ Uzuma is getting in on the fun. Um, you know, I'm not looking to buy personally, but if you're not contending and you have Joe Mixon, I would definitely look to sell him like hotcakes after his two touchdown game last week. Let's see what you got to say though, Kevin. Yeah, I, so he's in my tier three ish. So, and the, basically, right. I have a top. I have a top three guys, and you know, when you're looking at you know JT, CMC still there, I think, and, and Swift and Najee's there. So, like, that's my tier one ish. Tier two is like Kamara Cook. Those guys are still in there. I know they're older too, but they're there. I would have him at. So, I have him right now as my running back ten, okay. and and I still think he's a he's a dynasty running back ten. And because I think that, you know, next year, I think for two years, we're going to see solid production from that team. And I think that he can get the targets. We've seen that. So for me, I have him at, at 10. I think that if you have him at 20, that's a little low for me, but I, can I said understand. 15 to 20. I don't I have can understand. Yes. <laughs> You're just going to go straight to 20. He's my 20th. I can understand 15. 
to an extent, I, I and the twenty part. So I, I so I do get that. I do get that. Uh, all right, we're gonna have one more question here, and then we'll get out of here. Right now, who's your best buy in Superflex leagues? So this one, this one was really tough. Who was my best buy in Superflex leagues? But a name just popped out at me, and I was like, absolutely. And it is Javante Williams, running back for the Denver Broncos. Okay. Don't call me a homer, all right? I have been on this guy even before the draft. Um, we like those running backs, Kevin, who share the backfield in college. Uh, so they don't have a bunch of tread going into the NFL. All right. And Javante Williams has been smashing it. I mean, he's tied with Nick Chubb for 35 missed tackles so far this year, and he's not even getting the full workload. Imagine if he actually got the full workload. He is exact. He, he is splitting the workload with Melvin Gordon exactly down the middle. All right. And he has 400 to 500 rushing yards. Uh, he leads the league in, you know, like 37%. Uh, forced missed tackles. Uh, you know, he, he is, he is, is a monster and, and it's only a matter of time before the Broncos give him more work. And even if they don't give him more work this season and just want to save him for next season, Melvin Gordon is gone next year. He is on the last year of his contract. No way that the Broncos resign him. He's going to, to a team that needs a veteran running back. All right. This is going to be Javante's backfield with no one else next year. And right now there's a lot of contending dynasty teams who have Javante Williams, who, who aren't even starting him because they don't want to risk a guy who's splitting the backfield with Melvin Gordon. So I say, as long as Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are splitting this backfield, you can get Javante Williams for relatively cheap, like a first round pick in 2022 or something like that. Um, you know, especially to uh, whoever is a contending team who has Javante Williams. So I would definitely be looking to buy Javante Williams if you are rebuilding or contending or somewhere in the middle. Just go buy Javante Williams. That's bold of you to think that I'm not starting him right now. I am because I don't have any other running backs. But, yeah, I agree. I think that he's a good buy. (laughs) I think he's a good buy there. And I'll I'll be quick on this, so don't waste too much time. But I think Stefan Diggs is a good buy right now. I think that he's he's, – I saw someone say that he's the biggest bust uh, of the fantasy and I wouldn't agree there. I think that he's, he hasn't, he hasn't lived up to ADP this year, but if you have him in dynasty, you probably got him last year for ADP. And I do think that he's a good buy right now. Cause I think he can have, have a strong end of the season. So if you're a dynasty contender, you might be able to go get Stefan Diggs for a pretty cheaper price for like, maybe if he's on a team like that, mm-hmm. give him a first and something and try to get him out of that, out of that, off that team. And, and you have a wide receiver one with, with one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And then you're going to have, you know, that, that ability to kind of run down the stretch. So I, I would take a shot on Diggs. I think Diggs is a good buy right now. And he's kind of someone that you maybe not hear all the time. You're going to hear the rookies. You're going to hear the stuff. I think maybe Diggs is someone that you can go grab. I like that pick a lot. You know, Stefan Diggs is only 27 years old. He's with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I know that the Bills have been struggling lately. Um, it's just that teams have been playing like this cover two shell to where they are taking away the deep passes. So they are taking away Diggs's deep passes. So yeah. he got eight targets last week. He caught six passes for just 85 yards. So it's not a, a ton of yards, but it's only a matter of time before Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs figures it out. And this offense figures it out. So I like that by low opportunity for Stefan Diggs in redraft and dynasty. 
Oh yeah. All right, man. Well, Hey, I appreciate everybody's questions. They were great, yes. great questions out there. We appreciate you guys giving those, those to us. I hope that, you know, you listen to us in terms of like, Hey, these are some players to watch for the next two years. This is where you should buy. And we will go from there. So Jacob, you got anything else? All I got to say is everyone who is screwed by week nine, including me, <laughs> week 10 is a whole new week, guys. All right. So let's get after it. Please. All right, let's get after it. Good luck in your leagues. Keep competing. Keep going. As always, you can find us on Twitter and, and send us DMs, and, and we'll help you there. So until next time, we appreciate you. As always, hit that subscribe button, that like button. And if you're on the podcast, leave us a rating. Tell us how we're doing. And remember, check out Fantasy Points. We'll see you guys later.